This is a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. You're listening to the UAE's number one talk radio station. This is The Night Shift with Mark Lloyd on Dubai Eye 103.8. Well, hi there. This is Mark Lloyd from Dubai I-103.8. It's great to have you along on what is going to be a very special hour filled with information and great music all about the legendary British DJ Tony Blackburn. Now, I used to listen to him avidly whilst I was growing up, and even though I didn't know it at the time, everything that he said or the music that he played was subconsciously going into my head. And uh, I don't know, I really think that I owe him my career in radio, and I actually told him that when he was here at the Emirates Airline Festival of Literature. Um, I hosted him on stage for what was an amazing evening and also had an exclusive interview for Dubai I-103.8 as well. And uh, just to get us in the mood, let's get started with uh, one of Tony's favourite songs on the Motown record label. This is Dancing in the Street, right here on Dubai I-103.8. <laughs>
Well, there it is, the big hit song taking us back to 1964. That's Dancing in the Street by Martha and the Vandellas. And one of the songwriters on that was a certain Marvin Gaye, who we'll talk about a little bit later on in this very special hour in the company of the legendary British DJ Tony Blackburn. He was a special guest at the Emirates Airline Festival of Literature. And, uh, well, I asked him about his brand new show that he's got on Emirates Airlines. Well, it's a soul show. Uh, It's the first soul show that Emirates have done. And uh, it's a mixture of all the, uh, I'd say, more melodic uh, music. You know, some, there's some, one or two uh, new songs um, from Tony Braxton and people like that. Yeah. But it goes back to um, you know, Marvin Gaye and Luther Vandross and people like that. All very, um, you know, e- easy to listen to music, which I love. I, I mean, I've always loved soul music. And, um, you know, we have a little bit from the 60s, a bit from the 70s and 80s. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a bit of Shake and uh, yeah. a bit of Nile Rodgers and a bit of a mixture of everything. It's, it's classic music, isn't it? Yes, and, and it, it yeah. just doesn't go away. Those no. songs, that era, uh, yeah. is, is still love today. If you go to a party and that stuff's played, you're going to yeah. be dancing. Oh, absolutely. I mean, at the moment, I'm touring around in England with... Because uh, on BBC Radio 2, I do Sound of the Sixties, and we're touring around with a live show now in the theatres. And we started about four weeks ago, and... Um, it's absolutely sold out. You know, there's this yeah. big market for 60s music. So I come on and talk about, you know, the pirate ships opening up Radio 1 and things like that. And then um, I've got an eight-piece band and two singers. Wow. And um, we do a live show, a three-hour show. Yeah. And, um, you know, we've got people, it's basically, I suppose, people over 50 there. But at the end, they're all up there dancing, having yeah. fun. Yeah. And it's, it's lovely to see. And yeah. it's, a great, it's a great show to do. Because you, you, you had your own band, didn't you? Was it Tony and the Rovers or something? No, it, well, we, we, Tony Blackman and Swinging Bells. We, kicked, <laughs> we changed the name there very quickly. But I used, to be a, I used to be a singer with a dance band in Bournemouth. Right. Uh, with a, it was a 15-piece orchestra, and I played guitar, and, and uh, I was a singer. But then we had a breakaway group as well, yeah. yeah. But I made, I, you know, I, and then I got into DJing and, and made... Um, about 29 singles wow. none of them none of them did very well <laughs> but then I had a northern soul hit under the name of Lenny Gamble uh, and Doris Troy there was a great yeah. song by Doris Troy called I'll Do Anything yeah. and I made a really unsoulful version of that and for some reason people went out and bought it and it became a soul hit I thought it was awful that's amazing now throughout our little chat today I just want to ask you some of your standout songs when it comes to yeah. you know um, the, the music that's really meant something to you over the yeah. years so let me ask you one song now well, funny enough, it's, um, it would be England Down and John Ford Coley because Love is the Answer. And there's a great version as well by Kenny Burke that I play a lot on, um, on my soul programs, which I love. But the lyrics and the melody is just so beautiful. And that's one of the standout songs for me. And the other, I, I guess another one's got to be one I got released as a single, I'm Still Waiting, Diana Ross. Because I heard that on an album track and I rung Motown up and said, you've got a track here that you must release as a single. And uh, they rung Diana Ross up and to get permission to release it. And they, they released it and it became a big hit. But I think it's a lovely song. I remember when I was five and you were ten boy. You knew that I was shy, so you teased and made me cry. And made me cry again When you said Little girl, please don't wait for me Wait patiently for love Someday it will surely come Ooh, Little girl, please don't wait for me 
someone finally came He told me that he loved me I put him off with lies He could see I had no eyes So he left me once again alone Like a child without her playmate I had to face the truth I was still in love with you Seventy-one was the year. What a song, of course. Diana Ross, I'm Still Waiting. And uh, as we heard from uh, the man himself, Tony Blackburn, um, he called up Motown Records, said, you've got to release this as a single. He made it his record of the week as well. And what happened? It went straight to number one in the UK. And it became Motown's biggest selling single in the UK until the Commodores in 1978 smashed that record with Three Times a Lady. We're going to come back with uh, more in the company of Tony Blackburn who'll be telling us what life was like on the good ship Radio Caroline but back to the music we go right now and here's another Motown staple I heard it through the grapevine it's Marvin Gaye on Dubai Eye 
You're listening to the UAE's number one talk radio station. This is The Night Shift. On Dubai Eye 103.8. Welcome back to our one-hour special with myself, Mark Lloyd, in conversation with the legendary British DJ, Tony Blackburn. What an amazing career he has had. Very shortly, we're going to be finding out what it was like bobbing up and down in the middle of the ocean on the good ship Radio Caroline. But uh, before we've got some more great Motown music... This is Stevie Wonder up next, back to 1968, and for once in my life, right here on Dubai Eye 103.8. For once in my life, I have someone who needs me, someone I've needed so long. For once unafraid, I can go where life leads me, somehow I know I'll be strong. For once I can touch what my heart used to dream of. Deserve me I'm not alone anymore Oh, once I can see This is mine, you can't take it Long as I know I have love, I can make it For once in my life I have someone who needs me great talent of Stevie Wonder on this one hour special in conversation with DJ Tony Blackburn now of course um, he was one of the pioneers of radio started out on the pirate ship Radio Caroline and he told me a little bit about the radio landscape back then and the fact that the government of the time in the UK really didn't want pop music to be played at all they didn't. Well, the BBC had a monopoly for years and years and years. And in America, of course, uh, they had commercial radio, which we never had in the 60s. We always had the BBC Light Program, the Home Service. There was The only thing we had, popular music-wise, was Radio Luxembourg, yeah. uh, which faded in and out, and the reception was awful. <laughs> so, um, you know, we, the pirate ship started in 64, and I, I joined about two months after it started. And um, we went out into the North Sea, and three and a half miles off the coast, 
it was territorial waters, so nobody actually had any jurisdiction. So we officially went through customs to go to Holland, and we never got there. And we started <laughs> off on this little boat called the Mi Amigo, and, and then Big L Radio London, a great big American ship. And we were there for three years. And uh, we broke the BBC monopoly, but we sort of created another monopoly because they closed us down eventually um, by making it illegal to advertise on the ships. Um, it's quite a funny story with that, actually, because the first advert they did, because they did carry on after the Marine Offence Bill, and the first advert was for um, BOAC okay, and yeah. the Radio Times, which is a BBC publication. <laughs> so it made a mockery of the whole thing. <laughs> but, uh, but, but then the uh, you know, Radio 1 came along, and um, that created its own monopoly again, really, yeah, yeah. until commercial radio. Tell me about the daily routine on, on board Caroline, you know, yeah. uh, catering and, uh, you know, uh, what slots you did. And who were the other presenters that were on there at the time? Um, the ones I remember more, um, let me say at the time, it was Dave Lee Travis was on there, on Big L Radio London. Kenny Everett was the yeah. big name on there and Dave Cash and people like that. And I eventually joined that radio station. But we did two weeks on the ship and a week off. Um, we flew under the Panamanian flag. So uh, everything that was illegal in those days was done under the Panamanian flag. Yeah. Well, it wasn't, I don't think, it wasn't legal. It was just that, and we had Dutch seamen on board, and uh, it, it was run like that. So one, one time we were shipwrecked, and we came on, on the coast of Frinton, <laughs> and we'd never broadcast within the territorial waters. So when we came, we were taken off by Breach's Boy, in other words, a rope, and yeah. we were taken on there, and the, uh, the police... Uh, took us into the police station, gave us a cup of tea, and sent us home. <laughs> and, and they had to watch the pirate ship go out again. It yeah. got repaired in Holland, come out again, and we started all over again. Yeah, um, ever seasick, and, and once again, I mean, mm. uh, the, the daily routine of, you know, uh, cooking and yeah. uh, all that. And, and what, did tempers ever flare? You know, you've got a load of guys on there, yeah. all DJs, who probably, yeah. some of them have got big egos. You know, were there a few ups and downs? Um, the, you know, very rarely. I mean, now and then there was an argument that broke out, but very, very rarely. Yeah. And and if anybody was difficult to get on with, then they had to leave, as simple as that. Okay. And seasickness, no, I mean, I never suffered from that. Um, you couldn't really uh, suffer from seasickness too much. Uh, there was one guy called Mark Roman who he suffered from bad seasickness, and he didn't last for very long. You know, he had to. Yeah. He felt ill the whole time. Yeah. But um, I loved it. I loved it out there. I mean, I, I don't know if you've seen The Boat That Rocked. I've seen that movie yeah. several times. Well, there's yeah. nothing like that. No. <laughs> if, it had, if it had been like that, we'd all still be out there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. no, there's nothing like that yeah. at all. But and uh, I didn't like the film very much because it trivialised what yeah. we did, and yeah. and it was an important part of broadcasting history because it did actually alter the whole of radio in in, the, in Great Britain. Yeah. Now another part of broadcasting broadcasting history for sure was yeah. your opening lines on Radio One. Would would oh, you yes. say it for? Of course. Me? Uh, and now welcome to the exciting new sound of Radio One. I don't know why I said and. I've got no idea why I said that. But it's, uh, how did you feel when you put the fader up? Uh, and uh, I also want to ask you about how you got the breakfast show. And was yeah. there any animosity with other guys because the breakfast show is a once again? Yeah. No, not really. I mean, um, I got the breakfast show by um, a guy called Harold Davison, who was the um, top agent in the country, handled Frank Sinatra and everybody. And he'd heard me on the pirate ships, and he, um, I, I met him. I was introduced to him, and he said... If you sign with me, I can make you the top disc jockey in three months because the pirate ships are going to come to an end because uh, it was after three years. And, you know, I said, oh, thanks. And, uh, <laughs> and he became like a second father to me. And yeah. he knew that um, the BBC was uh, going to start on a national station and they 
I, I was tried out on the light program, the BBC light program and a program called Midday Spin, and I got the breakfast show job. It was a tryout for the breakfast show, and that was it, really, as simple as that. Amazing. And, um, no, I mean, it was, it was great fun. You know, I enjoyed it very much. Yeah. And give me another song now, Tony, if you, if you wouldn't mind. A, a, a Tony Blackburn set for a great music. Well, it's, it's going to be really soul music. And um, for me, um, My Girl by The Temptations is one of my all-time favourites. Yeah. Yeah, there are so many favourites, but it, it always tends to be Motown for me. such a huge song for the Temptations back in 1965 it topped the American charts lead vocals by the incredible David Ruffin and uh, actually written by Smokey Robinson and uh, we're going to be hearing a little bit more about Smokey Robinson and uh, when Tony Blackburn actually interviewed him coming up later on in the show we're going to come back with uh, more on our one hour special with the DJ Tony Blackburn and we'll be finding out why he chose a certain song to be his first record on his BBC Radio 1 breakfast show that's coming up right here on Dubai Eye 103.8. This is The Night Shift with Mark Lloyd. On Dubai Eye 103.8, the UAE's number one talk radio station.
Welcome back to this very special hour with myself, Mark Lloyd, in conversation with DJ Tony Blackburn. And, uh, well, such fun, so much more to hear uh, from the man himself. Uh, We've already had music from The Temptations with My Girl. I thought we'd come back with My Guy. And this one, a big hit back in 1964 for Mary Wells, right here on Dubai Eye 103.8. of course, on that legendary Motown record label. Now, we are in conversation with uh, Tony Blackburn, the DJ, of course, a pioneer of uh, pirate radio and also the first ever voice on BBC Radio 1. I asked him about uh, the music he played back then and if he actually chose his own songs for his popular shows. No, I I, um, bought the American Top 40 system, which was... uh, Although people remember Radio Caroline, for me, the best station uh, in the country has always been Big L Radio London. And it was the first um, ship uh, or radio station to bring in the American Top 40 format, which was a rotation of, of hit records. And every, you're never more than one record away from a hit. So I bought, I luckily was able to bring that to the breakfast show. And I chose my music on the breakfast show, yeah. What um, led you to um, The Move and Flowers in the Rain to be the first um, record? It was the crashing noise at the beginning, actually. Yeah. I don't know why. It was just, uh, and it was a hit at the time. 
the move, and it, it just sounded to me it was a bright and cheery record to start off with. Yeah. And um, Motown wasn't really being played very much on the BBC, and uh, that's what I did change. I, I changed, yeah. and I introduced a lot of Motown into the breakfast show. And uh, but Motown wasn't actually so popular in '64. So, but the move was, and I, I chose that record. It's that crashing noise and woke up this morning, blah blah blah. This morning, woke yeah. up one morning half asleep with all my blankets in a heap and yellow roses scattered all around. The time was still approaching, for I couldn't stand it anymore. So Mary goes upon my eye to down. I'm just sitting watching flowers in the rain. in the rain then by the move the song that dj tony blackburn chose as his first ever record to open up his bbc radio one breakfast show at 7 a.m the 30th of september 1967 now tony has been credited for really introducing motown music from detroit into the uk on his radio shows and he told me how that came about uh, I'm very proud of that, actually, having you know been a part of that, because I started it on Big L Radio London before I got to the BBC, and people loved the music, but nobody was playing it. And um, in fact, I did a, a Radio London. When I joined BBC Radio London in the 80s, I started off uh, a Radio London Soul Night Out, because uh, I bought the radio station to live shows. And on the first one, we did it at uh, the National Club in Kilburn. And we didn't know if anybody would turn up. It held two and a half thousand, over five thousand turned up. And I found it quite difficult to get in myself. And, uh, but, but Stevie Wonder turned up out of the blue. We what? didn't know. Yeah, we didn't know he was coming. And, um, Dave Pierce, who was in charge, he was one of the people who was charged of getting the acts on and off because we were broadcasting some of it. And he said, Stevie Wonder's here. And I said, what do you mean Stevie Wonder's here? He said, he's just come to say thanks for playing his music. Seriously? Yeah. And he came on the stage. And um, he just said, thank you. And um, he, I think he mimed to one of his records because we hadn't yeah. got the backing tracks. Yeah, yeah. And um, that started the whole show off. And I still do one. At, we used to do it every week, the Soul Night Out. But we do one every um, for children in need every year. Yeah. 
So it's uh, that's a great show. Yeah, yeah. But uh, Stevie Wonder out of the blue, and I got to know him very well. Now, even more famous than you was your dog Arnold, of course. Oh, um, and <laughs> where did that idea come from? And of course, the um, corny jokes that that oh, was yeah, that yeah. was Tony Blackburn, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean the corny jokes. Um, I don't know. I just started off telling those I found them quite funny in the early days yeah. uh, but it, in a strange sort of way it did me more harm than good because um, to start off with because people didn't realise how much I loved music yeah. and um, yeah. so uh, but then I stopped telling them and when I took over Sound of the 60s everybody kept writing in with jokes so I thought well obviously the audience yeah, want it so they, right. st- they it's their fault I've started telling them again a little <laughs> bit really? yeah. yeah but um yeah, and the, I don't know, the, the music side of it, I, um, I've always loved music, but I think people thought, you know, it was the corny image and yeah, things yeah. like that, which is fair enough, you know, yeah, yeah. and I've always been very mainstream anyway, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not trying to educate people with music to the extent, yeah. I, I just really play music that I love, and I hope everybody else does as well. Right, well, give me another song then, Tony, if you wouldn't mm. mind. Well, the one that really turned me on to soul music in the early days has got to be Reek Petit by Jackie Wilson, which I, I absolutely adore. <laughs> Well, 
there's Jackie Wilson on the show back to 1957, a number one single in the UK with Reet Petite. And the interesting fact on this one, it was actually written by Berry Gordy, who was the founder of the Motown record label. We've got more conversation with DJ Tony Blackburn when we come back, and we'll be finding out not just about him, but about his barking dog, Arnold. This is The Night Shift. On Dubai Eye 103.8, the UAE's number one talk radio station. Welcome back to the show, this very special hour in conversation with DJ Tony Blackburn and myself, Mark Lloyd, looking back at what has been an incredible radio career. But as well as his own voice and his own success, what about the famous barking dog, Arnold? Yeah, I mean, I found him on a... Um, I mean, this is going to be tragic to people, he wasn't real. Oh, <laughs> no. I found him on a sound effects record in the... Um, uh, in the 60s on Radio Caroline, and uh, I don't know, I just played him, and people love dogs, yeah. and it's a very British thing, and uh, he, he started getting far more fan mail than I ever got, really? so I felt, felt like dropping him. Yeah. <laughs> but he's, um, he d- and I got him barking on, because um, everybody, when I took over Sounds of the 60s about a couple of years ago, people wanted Arnold back, but he's, I mean, for God's sake, he's 55 <laughs> years old now, so I've, I've stopped him barking a little bit yeah. now, yeah. yeah. But we did, we occasionally barks, yeah. I'm amazed you still have that same enthusiasm for radio and for music than you've ever had. Mm. What what do you put that down to? Um, Just loving the job. I mean, a lot of people, um, I think we're very lucky. I'm sure you feel the same way as well. Lucky to have the job. You know, a lot of people go to work in the morning. They don't like what they're doing. They don't like necessarily the, uh, you know, the job that they're doing. But I love it. I've always loved it. And so, uh, and particularly... I've been very lucky, you know, being at the Pirate Ships and then Radio 1 and then, you know, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here and now the tour that we're doing. Everything seems to, I mean, just when I think I'm winding down a bit and just doing the radio show, something else comes along. And it's, uh, it's just been like that. And um, I've never particularly wanted to retire. I'm not interested in that. I mean, I'm a celebrity. That yeah. brought you to a whole new generation of yes. audience, didn't it? Yeah, How was it? Um, I loved it. You know, I did the first one. And um, I loved doing it. It was great. I mean, my wife and my mother at the time tried to talk me out of doing it. They said, you're not going to be very good at that. Because right. um, I'm quite a, you know, I, I don't have a lot of friends. I just like the job that I do. I've got, you know, a few close friends, but that's it. I'm not one of these people that goes out to clubs and like that. I like staying at home watching Coronation Street. Yeah, yeah. That's my idea of a great, <laughs> great, great night. Nice yeah, great, yeah. But, um, no, I enjoyed it very much. You know, it, was, it changed me a bit of a, as a person, I think. It made me much more easy with people. Yeah. And uh, I loved the rainforest in, New Z- uh, in uh, Australia. I thought it was wonderful. Right. Right. And um, I didn't think one moment I'd win it. You know, that was a plus. <laughs> I don't know why that happened. Uh, it's your personality, it's I'm sure. I mean, the radio landscape has changed dramatically yes. since yes. your days on Radio yeah. 1. How do you find it now? Um, uh, you know, what's happening in radio? And where do you see the future of it? The BBC... Um, has changed a little bit, but not so much. You know, it's still, yeah. you know, we wanted personality radio and yeah. people like Kenny Everett, who I greatly admired, yeah. and Dave Cash and people like that. And some of the people we have now, Graham Norton, I think, is very good. And, yeah. Yeah. you know, we've got some really good broadcasts. Brian Matthew was one of my favourites. Brian Matthew, yes. Yeah. yeah, he was very, very good. Yeah. I mean, I've changed that programme quite a bit now because I do it live, whereas he recorded it, and I've made it much more commercial. You know, I play much many more hits. Yeah. Yeah. We don't repeat um, a 60 record more than once a month. Um, yeah, I've changed the programme a lot, but we've got some really good... I mean, Ken Bruce I like very much, yeah. and Steve Wright, who um, yeah. Steve and I, we... Um, I love Steve, he's a complete nut and nutcase. <laughs> and we talk... Because I do a show called The Golden Hour on Friday nights, and before that show, 
he comes off the air and we talk complete rubbish for an hour. Right. We dislike yeah. one another and yeah. Um, yeah. I think he's a terrific broadcaster. Top of the Pops, of course. Um, yeah. Great face on Top of the Pops. What was that like, at doing some TV as well? Yeah, I mean, it's, um, it was good. I mean, I, I didn't enjoy doing Top of the Pops with some of the other things I've done. It was like being a bingo caller, really. Right. Because it was, yeah. uh, you know, it was a, here's Bucks Fizzer now number 17 or something. But, I mean, from the point of view of a career, it was terrific. So you were getting 17 and 18 million people watching. Yeah. And... Um, I mean, in those days, in the 60s, when, if you had Radio 1, where the breakfast show was getting 21 million people, top of the pop, 17 million, you could make your name for yourself in three weeks, yeah. if not shorter. Yeah. Whereas now, it, the whole thing's changed. I mean, it's not... I mean, I suppose the 60s and 70s was the golden age of radio. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the way it's going now, youngsters don't listen to the radio the way they used to, obviously. You know, they've got YouTube and Spotify. Yeah, yeah. The whole thing's changed, and I don't know which way radio's going. I mean, I listen on apps... Like we all yeah. do. And, um, you know, if you give a radio to a kid, they don't know what it is. <laughs> anyway, they just don't know. When it comes to interviews, what are some yeah. of the most memorable people that you've uh, been lucky enough to, to chat to? Um, I've, most of my shows, I don't do many interviews, but, there, but I've done them, you know, from time to time. And, and with um, one, of, one of the shows I do, I do a few interviews. Smokey Robinson's the most amazing person to interview. Um, <laughs> I interviewed him about three years ago. And he's the easiest person to interview yeah. because he asks his own questions. <laughs> so you start off, you say, hello, we've got Smokey Robinson here. And he says, uh, you know, hello, Tony. You probably want to know about the early days of Motown. <laughs> of course. So I said, yeah. So he goes on about Motown. And then he, he says, and he says, and of course, everybody asks me about Barry Gordy. And so then he goes right. on about Barry Gordy. And he said, you'll obviously want to know uh, the touring. Is it good? Or is it fun? And he talks for, I mean, I asked him one question. He went on for half an hour. I didn't, I only asked one question. So that's the easiest person to, to think. Shall we have a Smokey Robinson record? Yeah, why not? Tears of a Clown and something like that, yeah.
Fierce of a clown there, once again, Smokey Robinson, Tony Blackburn. It's been absolutely amazing to chat with you. You you know, what what do you look forward to now uh, for the future for you? uh, Staying alive. (laughs) Cue the Bee Gees. (laughs) Um, I don't know. You know, to be honest with you, um, I've got the uh, four radio stations I work for. And I'm working on uh, Sound of the Sixes and uh, another show I do, which I bought back called The Golden Hour. Yeah. And um, doing this tour and everything, I mean, I'm quite happy with every, everything that's going. So anything else that comes along is a plus. I mean, I did a caravanning show on television, a reality show, which that did quite well. And I had a lot of fun doing that. Yeah. So occasionally, you know, I think, well, it's, you know, nothing else can come up. And then suddenly something else crops up. Yeah. And uh, it might be a reality show. I mean, I'd never do Big Brother or anything like that. I, I mean, that's finished now anyway. But I did enjoy doing it was called um, Five Go Caravanning and we were all stuck in a caravan together for about two weeks we had the most enormous fun and everything I do now um, I don't know I'm working with people I like and um, it's just a lot of fun and I feel very lucky for that and finally I just want to ask you about uh, your first impressions of Dubai I know it's your first time out here and uh, the Emirates and the festival it's the first time I've I've been in a a Middle East country actually funnily enough and um, I didn't know what to expect uh, to be honest with you but um, Dubai has been absolutely an eye-opener to me. It's so relaxed. Yeah. It's so... Um, everybody's so friendly. It's far more friendlier than at home. And um, it really is. And, it, and you can go out there and you feel safe. Yeah. Uh, everybody's just been wonderful. And I came over on um, Emirates, and I was so impressed. I'm not just saying it because I now work for them, yeah. in a way, but... I mean, you listen to your own show. <laughs> I did. Well, actually, to be honest with you, I did and enjoyed it. Um, but no, I, I listen. I don't often listen to myself, but I listened to it just to see any mistakes I was making. And I, and I was promoting Emirates too much on the because we're used to mentioning the name of the radio station the whole time because yeah. there were so many stations. Whereas I kept saying, I hope you're enjoying here at Emirates. Well, everybody knows they're on Emirates. So I don't have to. The next one I'm recording is in about a couple of weeks, and I won't make that mistake. But I was very impressed by the system they've got there and the ice. Uh, ice it's absolutely wonderful and i've never seen um cabin crew work so hard you know i mean i'm a great admirer of amazon you know the way they deliver packages with them i mean they're they're so good now they're delivering them before you order them practically (laughs) and uh, but emirates to me is like the flying version of amazon you know absolutely perfect and uh far better than any other airline i've flown on and i've flown on quite a few and uh Emirates, uh, I, I really, honestly, with my hand on my heart, it's wonderful.
listening to the UAE's number one talk radio station. This is The Night Shift. On Dubai Eye 103.8. You've been listening to a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. To enjoy lots more from Dubai Eye in the United Arab Emirates, just go to DubaiEye1038.com or find them wherever you normally get your podcasts.